Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know many are praying this morning. And Father, we come into agreement with all of those that are lifting up the name of Jesus and declaring peace. Now, Lord, some of them just over their neighborhoods and their city. Now, Lord, with this war, which is never right and righteous, has broken out. Lord, protect God's people. Protect the men and women over there, these wonderful pastors, these churches that have risen up. Lord, ever since that Iron Curtain fell back in the 80s, Lord, there's been a great revival sweeping across Ukraine, Russia, Siberia, all those areas, Lord. And Father, we, we covenant with them to pray, to intercede, to agree that this will stop in the name of Jesus and the violence of it will be over with. And Father, we pray over the nuclear threat. We do not need nuclear war on this planet. Not while the church is here. We take authority over it. Lord, you gave us the authority to be the restraining power. The restraining power. You know, we need to pray over that church. That's just stirring in my spirit. We're the restraining power of the darkness that would try to come upon this earth. We bind that mindset of total destruction, of annihilation, of, of, of a nuclear mindset in which they would try to do something which would initiate a worldwide conflict. We bind that demon in the name of Jesus. We say, you lying devil, you cannot operate or function upon this earth. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. You are under our feet. We are Christ on the earth right now in Jesus' name. And we exercise that authority. And we declare a liberty and a freedom. That window, that what you showed us in the Spirit, that sliver in time, that small window, Lord, in which you shake this earth with your love, your compassion, and your power. And you gather your harvest. Bring us home to a triumphant, victorious entry in heaven itself. Now, Lord, we pray these things. We see as our prayer has increased here at Island Church, our intercession, how it is connected with these things. So, Father, we declare we will pray. We will speak your word. We will release your authority. And we will believe that your hand is upon the church and upon God's people on the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says? Amen, amen. amen. Praise In God. your Bibles. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6 this morning. Now I'm going to, we've been studying the basics. Everybody say the basics. And I believe we've set a pretty good foundation for salvation. I mean, you need to have an understanding of what happened to you when you got saved. Amen. You know, what happened to me when I got saved? Did I get religion? No, you didn't get religion. I ought to get a better amen than that. You didn't join a denomination or a movement or a, no, no. You received Jesus. He came in you to live in the person, the power of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, you've been given a brand new life. A brand new life. Actually, I, I really like to say it like this better than that. And that is this way. You have been given life. Because before you were saved, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. But when you got born again, you came alive. You came alive unto God. Thank God for the new birth. Now, the new birth is a powerful, powerful experience. Actually, it is the greatest miracle you can ever receive on this earth. I mean, if you lost both your arms and both your legs and God put them both back on, that wouldn't be a greater miracle than your salvation. And we need to understand it like that. And let me say this also. This may help some of you. Uh, salvation should not be an experience down at the altar or in front of a television set or somebody leading you to. Salvation should be an experience which leads to a lifestyle. That's exactly what happens when a child is born onto the earth. The birth is an experience. But then the child must live out its life or live out a lifestyle. The same thing is true of the new birth. When you get born again, you're a brand new baby. You're a brand new little infant baby in the spirit. Now you need to grow and develop. As you grow and develop, it's amazing. I, I like to say it like this. Faith is not the earning process of earning the blessings of God. 
Faith is the learning process because as you learn of the blessings of God, they show up in your life. It's hard to receive something that you don't know is there for you to receive. But it's easy to receive something. Amen. If you you know it's there for you, all you got to do is go get it. Amen. One time I was expecting something very valuable in the mail. I had had, uh, 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 called this individual I work with in that area, and he had sent me something very valuable. And it was not delivered, but I got a little slip in my mailbox that said, you need to come to this post office and pick it up. Well, I didn't want that slip up and throw it away. Wish they had delivered it here. No, it was paid for. So I went and got it because it was paid for. So you need to go get it because it's paid for. Salvation is paid for. That's the Greek word sotos in which we get literally the phrase healing, preservation, soundness, safety, deliverance. Amen. And that is our goal to see how many people we can get saved or born again into the kingdom of God. You say why? Because that is the reproduction process of our kingdom. We're not a corporation that produces money or some type of, some type of something for someone to wear or something for someone to eat or drink. We're, we're an we're a entity upon the earth. Listen, we are God's government upon the earth purchased by His blood. Amen. You say, now why do you say that about His blood? Because blood brings freedom. Do you know we live in a nation of, of, of freedom because of the blood that was shed for us to have this nation? But did you know there was a greater shedding of blood than even that? And that was the shedding of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, the church is very valuable to God. He takes it seriously. Now, we've studied some things about, but today I want to start and begin, and I know I can't complete it all. We're going to start a little mini-series within the series on the Holy Spirit that abides and empowers. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit that abides and empowers. Now, hey, if it was me, I would allow the Spirit of God to abide in me through feelings. Get born again, woo! Get the Holy Ghost, double woo! You know, I mean, you're just, you got it all, inside and out, amen? amen. But we don't, we don't live by our sight or our senses, we live by faith. So you have to understand, it's by knowledge. Have you noticed how much in the Scripture, especially in the New Covenant, is connected to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? The knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The knowledge of the Lord. Everything. Everything in our covenant. Our healing, our our prosperity, our our eternal life, our, our, our eventual home, which is hell. All of it, we have it and we receive it by knowledge. So that we are able to say things at the end of the process in which we begin to have hope. Then we, get, we begin to believe the scriptures empower us to believe. And they produce a mighty force called faith. And faith receives down here on the natural realm that which has been laid up in the spirit realm. And I'm telling you, God has laid some stuff up in the spirit realm. And I believe there's a few little extra things he's laid up for the last days that we're going to get to be a part of. Amen. Now, if you're in Hebrews chapter 6, if this were a Bible school, which it is, amen. And if we were starting a class on what we call the basic doctrines of Christ, this is where, this is where we'd go to Hebrews chapter 6. Now, notice how it reads in verse 1. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ. Now, notice that. The principles of the doctrines of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Or actually, a better translation of that is this. Let us go on to maturity. Just time to grow up, amen. Time to just grow up. It says this. Uh, let, us, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal life. Now, we could go through all of those subjects and do a pretty exhaustive teaching on that. But we're not doing that today for sake of time. We're looking at one. Everybody say one. We'll go back and look at the others later, but one. We're looking at the doctrine of baptisms. Do you see it in your Bible? It's got an S on the end. It means it's not a singular. It's a plural word talking about more than one. So we must understand that there's more than just one baptism. Now, because you've got to deal with the 
How can you say this? You've got to deal with the resistance of religion because that's what religion does. Religion resists the truth. And if you've noticed, religion has made a big deal out of only one of these baptisms. You know what that is? Water baptism. How are you baptized? Well, if you were not baptized under our crown or crest or whatever, then you're not even saved. I, I know there's a major voice right now in the United States. I could name him and you, everyone would know. But his doctrine is, unless you're water baptized, you're not saved. Well, that's not true at all. In the baptisms that are shown in the, in the, in the Word of God in the New Testament, amen, you say, why do you say that? Because there are three baptisms unique to us as believers in the New Testament. But there was one baptism that's not relevant to us. Did y'all know what that is? That's the baptism of John. The baptism of John was a baptism of repentance, preparing the way for salvation. Paul, Paul came, to, came to Ephesus and he found 12 people that were baptized unto John's baptism. Amen. And he the Bible says he explained the way more perfectly unto them and they got born again, realizing that the baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance, was not anything relevant to the new covenant. The baptisms are relevant, but not John's baptism. We are not baptized for forgiveness of sin in water. We're not baptized to join some religion or denomination. We are baptized in water as an outward expression of the inward grace that has happened to us. And we are showing forth the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all water baptism is. It is an ordinance of, of the church-like communion. Now, I was initially baptized as a child in the Assembly of God Church. Uh, Brother J.R. Goodwin, our pastor, we called him Dad Goodwin, he always suggested, it was not doctrine, it was a suggestion that if you get away from God, if you break your fellowship, if you, bab if you backslide, what you need to do is get right with God, then go get baptized again. Well, I, I, I did that. I got baptized in the Jordan River. Pastor B.B. Hankins from West Columbia baptized me in the Jordan River. I was so happy. Oh, glory to God. Amen. But that's a baptism. Actually, without that baptism, you can still go to heaven. Now, you probably got friends and loved ones that don't believe that. Now, let me do that. Okay, Lord, thank you. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's a helper, isn't he? People say, well, Pastor, I'm Catholic. And I was sprinkled as a child. Does that mean anything? No. Absolutely nothing. It's a dead work. Do you see one of the doctors of Christ that says deliverance or, or, or uh, how's it read? Uh, faith toward God, uh, repentance from dead works. Repentance, that's the word in the King James, which means to what? Turn and go another way. Now, dead works aren't your individual acts of sin and, well, I was a drug addict. No, no, dead works. Now, listen, this is what dead works, if you're taking notes, this will help you. Dead, no, uh, dead works, according to the new covenant, are works that seem to have spiritual significance but have no basis in the word of God. Now, don't get mad at me. I live with a Catholic. <laughs> don't get mad at me for that either. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But a lot of the, of the, what would you call it? The rituals of Catholicism and other, other Christian, uh, they mean nothing. You say, don't I get closer to God when I rub these beads? No, you don't. Neither, oh, that's a good one. Neither does a cloth with a star David on the back help you get closer to God. Or a menorah. I slid that one right in there. Amen. You say, why are you saying that? Because there's a lot of preachers on, uh, you get on the Christian television and they're talking about, well, you got to keep this feast day and, and you got to have this menorah and you got to pray with my $1,000 prayer shawl around your shoulders and oh, you'll really get cross. That's a bunch of bunk. Wake up, they're just trying to get your money. Just go buy a candle. You don't need a menorah. <laughs> Those are dead works. Amen. And listen, a lot of people, they, 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 they have so much faith in their dead works and they're just dead works. They have no basis in the word of God. I preached that in Ireland one time. I said, everybody's kind of looking at me, you know, kind of like a, like a, like a cow chewing on, on, on sticker burrs or briars. You know, kind of. 
I said, what do I need to do? Take a rosary offering in here this morning? No, the just shall live by faith. Now, the doctrine of baptism. So that's water baptism, which is the inward showing of the outward grace. Then there's the most important baptism. And that is baptism into the body of Christ. Baptism into the body of Christ is salvation. It is the new birth. Listen, if you're a sinner when you get water baptized, you're going to go down in the water, a dry sinner, and come up a wet one. Jesus said, you must be born again. He did not say you must be water baptized. And then you got all this big controversy. How are you baptized? Now we know that comes from a certain denomination that believes in Jesus only. That's hard to, that's hard to pull out of the Word of God because there's so many incidences in the Bible where we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Even Genesis chapter 1 beginning in verse 1 and 2 where the Father is speaking, the Word is manifesting, and the Spirit is moving. Thank God we serve a God who is one God, who has the ability to manifest Himself in three different entities. God the Father, God the Son, or God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. There is much God as God is God. The Holy, Holy Spirit as much as the Father. Jesus as much as the Father. The Father as much as the Spirit. It's all one. Now you ought to just really... Shout right now. You say, why? Because it's God, the Holy Spirit, that lives in you. And He's going to live in you forever. And if God's an eternal God, then we know that's the element of God Himself that He put in us that will cause us to live throughout eternity. Amen. Amen. So there's the baptism into the body of Christ, the new birth, water baptism. Then there's baptism in the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1. We see it in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. We see it again in Acts chapter 10. We see it again in Acts chapter 19. I mentioned those three scripture references because in those three scripture references there is a manifestation of, a ba of being baptized in the Holy Ghost and that is the evidence or the evidence of that baptism is speaking in a language in which you do not intellectually know how to speak. It is a physical miracle and a supernatural phenomenon. And it is one of the three uh, baptisms, which is one of the six basic doctrines of Christ. Amen. Now go to the Gospel of John. Jesus here is speaking. Go to verse, uh, chap uh, chapter 14, verse uh, 15. Chapter 14, ver verse 15. That's a good place right there. I hear a couple of pages ruffling. I can still hear Bible pages turning. <laughs> Amen. Like Breland said when she was little, she was a little girl, and Leah had made some pudding, some chocolate pudding, and it was sitting in the refrigerator. You know how you got to let it cool, get cool so it gets real good and consistent? So Breland's laying on the couch. She looks at me. She says, I can hear that pudding. <laughs> <laughs> John chapter... 14 verse 50, if you love me, you will have a warm fuzzy feeling come on you when they sing the worship music at Island Church on Sunday mornings. Oh, that's not what it says? If you love me, keep my commandments. Your obedience is proof of your love. Your obedience is proof of your love. Let me try that one more time. I'm getting a few. Amen. Amen. Your obedience is proof of your love. Well, pastor, I don't know about all that. You know, I like to come every once in a while and hear you preach, but I, all that other. Well, yeah, it's proof you don't love God. Jesus said, if you love me, here's the standard. Keep my commandments. What was his first commandment? Does anybody know his first commandment? To love, to love the Lord your God, to love yourself, to love one another, amen? Do you know of any other time when Jesus might have commanded the church? How about in Acts chapter 1 when he commanded the disciples to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Since we're going to minister or talk to you about the Holy Ghost in baptismal measure, then we must mention that it is the Spirit of God that God wants not only in you, but on you. Now notice, notice, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
and I will pray or I will intercede on your behalf, the Father, to the Father, and he shall give you, notice, another. That, that means one just like me. One just like me. If, if, if I've got a dollar and I ask Roland, I say, Roland, give me a dollar, I'll have two. I'll have another. Amen. Which means we, that means we have double comfort. Comfort of the word, comfort of the spirit. That we have double power. You say, what do you mean by that? We have the power of the word. We have the power of the spirit. Amen. So, so if you love me, keep my commandments. I'll pray to the Father. I'll intercede on your behalf. And he will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Now listen to me closely. The world cannot receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Only the church can. The world cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Only the church can. You say what? Salvation is an invitation for the world. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's simple in its application. It's a lifetime to learn its it's, it's impl- implication on your life, what it can do, how it can deliver, how it can bless. It's a life that you live. Amen. But you must understand the baptism in the Holy Ghost is something uniquely different. Here Jesus is literally talking about the Holy Ghost in baptismal form because he mentions the word comforter, which has a sevenfold meaning in it that does not relate to salvation. That he's going to be your what? Now notice this. In the Amplified it says, he's going to be your comforter, comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, and strengthener. You say, yes, is, isn't all that in me in the new birth? It is, but it's amplified and multiplied through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amplified reads, I will ask the Father. He'll give you another comforter. Thank God for comfort. Counselor. Say, I need to see a counselor. Why don't you pray in tongues a little while? You know, I've seen this many times, many, many times. I'll be coming into a meeting somewhere. It's even happened to me here at church. And I'll be coming into a meeting. So, so, somebody said to me, uh, Pastor, I really need to talk to you about something. I said, okay, man, we're in a hurry. We need to get the, get the, get the meeting going. I'll talk to you after church. I've had that happen in, in meetings we've done in other churches, uh, conferences we've done, camp meetings we've done. People just come up, you know, I just need to talk to you after church. So you get up and preach and you get up and worship God and you get up and have a great meeting and God does all these wonderful things. And then afterwards, you know, kind of look for that pe- person, walk up to him and say, you know, did you need something? No. No, I got it in the service. The counselor talked to me. Did you know if you come with the right heart and the right attitude and you worship God and you thank God and you come to church, for I'm coming to church to get me some, some food from the Word of God, something to, f- f- to feed my spirit, man. It's amazing how when you're sitting there and I'm teaching, there's a voice within the voice that teaches your spirit that helps you to be counseled by the counsel of God. Amen. Now, let, let me say this. You say, well, Pastor, over the years I've, talked, I've heard about how how you don't like to counsel people. Well, that's really not true because we counsel people a lot. We talk to people before they get married. We counsel people about things they're doing, maybe going into ministry. We've counseled people about business many times over the years. We've talked to people about their business. We've counseled on all kinds of levels. But I know my counsel is not near what the counsel of the Spirit of God is. Amen. Amen. And a lot of times you, you want to, you know, I just want a special meeting with the pastor. I can just tell him what's going on. I really don't want to know what's going on. You say, well, that's not very compassionate. No, no, no. I I know what's going on because it's gone on with me before and I've had to deal with it. And the best way for you to get an answer is not sitting across from me in a desk where a gift is not working, but to sit uh, in front of me across from a pulpit where the Spirit of God and the teaching gift is working. You can get more counsel here than you can anywhere. I like Brother Osteen. He counseled counseled all counsel because he had 5,000 members in his church. So he said this. He said, here's my counsel to everybody that needs counseling. I remember him telling the church this. He said, here's my counsel to everybody that needs counseling. The reason you need counseling is because you have not been coming to your counseling sessions that are scheduled on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. 
So if you will come to your counseling sessions, I guarantee you the real counselor can counsel you supernaturally and you can get the answers that you need for whatever you need answers for. Because he is a counselor. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. Amen. Now notice this. He is a helper. You ever need help? Well, he helps you supernaturally. Now let me say this. He helps you in areas you're unable to help yourself in. If you can help yourself, do it. Well, I was just kind of hanging around to see what God was going to do. He was waiting on you to do something. Act on your faith. But he will help you do it. Did you know the number one task of the Holy Ghost is to help you obey the Word of God? So when God speaks to you supernaturally in your spirit, man, and gives you an order or an assignment or something to do or something to quit doing, you're empowered to do it. I, I, an example in my life, and don't go do this. This is personal conviction because that's where the Spirit of God many times will help you is in a personal conviction. But I used to be a, 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 an iced tea fiend. I remember one time making iced tea in Ireland. It freaked those people out. I ordered iced tea at a restaurant. I had a second or third trip. I said, I'd like to get some iced tea. They looked at me like I was crazy. So I told them this. I said, because they bring you a pot of hot water and, and tea bags. I said, bring me a pot of hot water and some tea bags and bring me a pitcher of ice. So they brought me that tea bag and that hot water. And I put that tea bag in that hot water and I let it seep there a little bit. Then I poured it on that ice. And I said, now bring me a glass of ice. And that, the whole restaurant's watching me. I said, now bring me a glass of ice. And I took that, that tea and that hot, hot uh, teapot, poured it in that pitcher with that ice. That cooled it down. Then I poured it on my ice, put a little sugar, some lemon in it. And I was right back in Galveston, Texas. <laughs> Amen. But one day I was reaching over to the, to the freezer. And as I did, no more expected than I expected to be the first man on the moon. I reached over and opened my freezer and the Spirit of God fell on me. And the Spirit of God said to me, don't ever drink iced tea again. Now, that's personal conviction. God's not telling you that. He told me that. Amen. But you know what happened to me? From that day forward, I had no taste for iced tea. None at all. I was like, ugh. Even to this day, I, have, I haven't drank a glass. That's probably been 33, 34 years ago because Leah used to make me a pitcher every morning. But see, the Spirit of God was able to help me obey. You say, why? In the natural, I probably couldn't have done it. I, was, I craved it too much. I liked it too much. I didn't even drink water because I drank tea. Amen. But when he spoke to me, here came my helper in my obedience. You say, what do you mean by that? The helper saw the willing heart to obey God. I'll do that, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll do it. And here came the helper. And next thing you know, that appetite I had for iced tea was gone. It was never returned. Your helper, he said, well, Lord, the, uh, I'm having a hard time. I'd like to give money, but I'm scared I won't have no money for my bills. But if God speaks to you, you better let the helper come help you obey God. Because God's got a miracle in your life, and he's trying to get it to you by the Spirit of God. Everybody say helper. He's your intercessor. That's one that stands in the gap for. Listen, that's why intercession is so important. But see, not only are we intercessors on the earth with the tools that God gives us to intercede, but we got an intercessor in the Holy Ghost and we got an intercessor or an advocate that is seated by the right hand of the Father. Honey, you got some legal counsel that's beyond your imagination and he's doing that to prepare you to stand in front of the judge of the universe who is your heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. I remember listening to Pastor John Osteen talk about believing God for healing in his heart. It was back in the early 80s. And he said this. I thought it was so good. He said, I knew the healing scriptures, but I needed the helper to help me write my case. So I wrote out my case of why I should be healed. And my case read like this. The reason I should be healed is because that Jesus was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon. By his stripes, I am the healed of God. The reason I should be healed is because the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. The reason I should be healed is because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead abides and dwells in me. Amen. He sat in a, in a, in a hospital room for four days 
then the nurses, when he left, when he left, the nurses came to him and said, how do you know all of those languages? They were listening on the little, while he was in there going, shika rabahasa, rabahasa. What was he doing? He was engaging the helper. He's your help. You need help in your business? Help with your marriage? Do you, do you need help? Maybe, maybe you've got a ministry you want to enter into. Maybe there's some idea that God has given you and said, this is, your, this is your idea, this is your concept, this is your insight that will bless. You've got, you need some help. And thank God for all the help we can give each other. We can give, but I'm telling you, there's some divine help. There's some supernatural help. There's some help this world knows nothing of. It is spiritual help, amen? Now notice what it says. Helper intercessor, advocate. Now that's one that sits in a legal position. An advocate. Listen, I can't go be an ad advocate for you at your court trial. You're going to have to hire a lawyer. He's a professional. Well, I want you to know the Holy Ghost is much more than a professional. Amen. He is an advocate. Amen. And he knows, oh, this is so good. Somebody really needs to hear this. He knows how to help you plead your case. Plead your case before God. You say, why should I plead my case? Because the Lord said, come, let us reason together. Plead thou that thou mightest be justified. Why should you be justified? Because the word says I'm healed. Because the word says I'm blessed. Because the word says I'm delivered. Because the word says I have joy. Because the word says I have peace. And I've got a legal advocate that will stand by the word and declare it. That's what the word says. And what does our heavenly father do? He watches over his word to perform it. Amen. Remember this as we get into this teaching here in the next few weeks. And I'm going to emphasize this as we go further and further in the year. This message we've been given to preach is not something just to hear. It's something to experience. Sure, we want people to hear the gospel, but we want people to experience God. We want, want, want even church services, even, even our fellowships, even things we do just, just together as, as brothers and sisters in Christ when we go out and fellowship, we want all of that to be what? Conducive to people seeing the kingdom of God in our lives. Amen. And the Spirit of God helps us do that. Amen? Now notice this. He's our, he's our advocate. He's our strengthener. Amen? Sometimes you just need supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. And it's amazing how when you need it and you begin to call on it, it'll grow and grow. And grow. We went, we went to, uh, when we went to Mexico, we landed, everything was cool. Then we got on the bus and Keith was telling us, well, it's just a, you know, little three hour, what, a three hour and something, four hour bus ride. And so, you know, four hours later, uh, we're still sitting in traffic. <laughs> and we sit in traffic. And we sit in traffic. And I don't think we got into the hotel to maybe midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Amen. Did you know that'll wear on your body? an airplane flight, going through all the customs, immigration, all that. And then you get, the, well, you know, I, I got up. I had a meeting to preach on Saturday night. So I just began to pull on the strengthener. That was the first of nine meetings, Saturday night through Wednesday morning. We just kept going every day, every day. And we just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. By that last night, we had a big crowd. Everybody's hungry for the Holy Ghost. What happened? And that strength and that power, the Holy Ghost just fell on that place. I looked at my watch. It was five minutes after nine. I blinked my eyes and it was 1030. The strengthener. Everybody say the strengthener. You may need strength in your life, your marriage, your job, your whatever it is, you call on the strength. Now that's another, thank you, Lord. That's another thing. People say, well, how do I call on the Holy Ghost? Well, I do it in the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus is what unlocks all of the things of the kingdom of God. And I, there are many times I say, Spirit of God, man, I tell you, I need you. I got to know something. I, I, need, I need you. In this. I need you. I need you. I, I declare my need. How in the world are you going to get your provision unless you declare your need? Amen. And I like this last one. He's our standby. You say, what do you mean by that? He's standing by. That means he's just waiting for you to initiate something. He's waiting for you to say, let's do this or let's go there or let's be this. or let's do. He is standing by just waiting for what? Your obedience as your obedience manifests in your life. The Spirit of God steps in and brings all these beautiful, beautiful traits of the Spirit of God into your life. Now this is the Spirit that abides in you. Now notice this. Even the spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you, but ye know him. Now notice this. This is King James. And I looked at some other translations, but I think this is the one I want to use this morning. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, he dwelleth with you and shall be. Now, other translations are a little bit clearer. One actually says, he'll come on you and he'll work in you. Now, this is kind of where I want to come, come to a conclusion this morning. Because I know we all have people that we're, 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 we're ministering to, witnessing to, uh, trusting God that they'll be saved. People that we want to be in heaven with us, right? Well, they really don't need your information on the second fold working of the Holy Ghost, that part of the baptism and that is the endowment of power and speaking with other tongues. They need to get born again. Actually, if you talk to them about speaking in tongues, they'll think you're crazy. Did you know that? Now the devil knows, listen, the devil knows what, what are the most powerful truths that, that put him in his place and keep him defeated. Amen? You know what those are? Number one is the name of Jesus. And did you know the church has, 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 has failed in its assignment to preach the name of Jesus in such a way that every Christian has faith in that name? As a matter of fact, most don't, don't even preach on it, but we do. We preach on the three ways he got his name. We preach on the way that it's transferred to us, which is through inheritance. We are heirs, listen, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That name is ours to bear. That name is ours to use. That name is ours to rejoice in. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Amen. Secondly is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says you shall endure, uh, receive power after that the Holy Ghost not comes in you, but comes upon you. So there is, listen to me church, a twofold working of the Spirit of God that should be relevant to every believer and their life. You say, what do you mean? The, the, the Spirit that abides, which comes through the new birth. When you got born again, God's Holy Spirit moved into your spirit. Oh, I'm glad you're so happy. You didn't get the spirit of a saint or a pope, amen, or any other spirit. You got the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit, which means you got a divine spirit. You're human. What a, what, a, what a great mystery. You say, what do you mean? How God can take on humanity and retain his deity and how we can be partakers of the divine nature and still remain humanity. Can you explain all that, Pastor? Who wants to? I just want to live in the, in the life of it that it produces. Amen? So you've got, you've got to understand there's the spirit that comes to abide and that came into your life through your personal invitation. You say, what do you mean by that? Nobody twisted your arm. Nobody tried to trick you religiously. You came to the conclusion that you were a sinner in need of a savior, that there was a savior that was available. You believed in your heart. You confessed with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. Honey, and when you did, I'm telling you, all that old iniquity had to pack its bags and move out of you and that righteousness moved into you. And you came alive. I said, you came alive. You came alive. Well, I thought I was living before. No, you were just existing till death ran its course. Now you're alive unto God. Death is defeated. The grave is defeated. Jesus is Lord. And you have the Spirit of God living in you forever. But then Acts chapter 1, the Bible says Jesus commanded them. I told this to the crowd in in uh, Mexico on Wednesday night, I said, there's not many people in your life you can command. Amen? Look at Leah. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell that joke then if you're going to learn that. Yeah. I used to always, I tried to command Leah. One time we first got married, I commanded her and, and then she was gone for two weeks. <laughs> and after two weeks, I could see her just a little bit out of this eye right here, you know. <laughs> command is a military word, which means one above giving instructions to the one below. 
So Jesus, the one above, the Bible says he was assembled together with him. That's where we'll pick it up next. Well, Paul, Pastor Paul and Shadi will be here next week. So the next week, when he talked to his disciples, spoke to his disciples, assembled together with his disciples, he didn't say, now, you know, it'd be a good idea for you guys to, to go down to the upper room and hang around there because I tell you, there's something going to happen there going to be really neat. Amen? No, he commanded them. He commanded them. Now, the Spirit of God is already in them. You say, now, Pastor, how do you know they're saved? Well, if you go to John, John chapter 20, after he rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, poured his blood on the mercy seat, he came and walked through a wall. And he told them to handle me. See, I'm not a spirit or a ghost. I'm flesh and bone. And in Matthew it says, he opened the eyes of their understanding so that they could understand the scripture. You say, what scripture? All the scripture that talked about Jesus all the way back to Genesis 3.15. Boom. Quickening and enlightenment. Amen. And he said, you shall receive, in verse 8, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. That's the word dunamis or dunamis, which means an outward showing of an inward force. So Jesus said in John chapter 14, he's going to be in you and he's going to be with you or on you. Twofold, or I say twofold, working of the Spirit of God in our life. Now let me close with this. Don't get in an argument with your friends or your family that are born again and have sat around and heard a bunch of negative teaching on how people that speak in tongues handle snakes and drink strychnine. I mean, that's basically the image that the world wants people to see of people that have been doing, you know, they'll show someone with, 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 you know, no teeth and no sense handling some snake somewhere. Amen. I have a friend named Daniel Matai went to, uh, went to Bible school with. He pastors a big mega church in Timisoara, Romania right now. He's a Romanian that had one of the most amazing testimonies you've ever heard. And uh, uh, in Bible school, he was asked to come preach at this particular church. And in this church were some people said, now we've got a little church up in the hills there. That's always an indication that, you know, <laughs> you ought to just stay in the hotel room and pray. But they offered him an afternoon service. So Daniel went. Daniel went. And so he said he went there and it was normal and he saw a box up by the, by the pulpit with like a, a shawl over it and he figured that was where they kept their communion stuff. So he got up to preach and he spent, back then he spoke kind of broken, something that God gave him. He gave him an instantaneous understanding of the English language and how to speak it supernaturally. He was praying. God showed him a vision of Lakewood Church uh, where we were back in the 80s. And he got up and he said, Lord, I can't hear, I, I can't hear my pastor. I can't understand his words. I, I don't know what to do. And the Lord gave him an instantaneous miracle and he could understand and speak English. But his English was broken. So he got up, he began to speak. And a woman jumped up and hollered, you ain't no prophet. And he was like, what? She hollered again, you ain't no prophet. And so she walked up to that thing and pulled that thing back and reached in there and grabbed a big old stinking rattlesnake about that long. And she held it up right in front of him. He said that thing was flapping its tail and rattling and everything. And he said he stepped back and he said, in the name of Jesus. And that thing died in her hands. And she went and looked in the box to get the other one and it was dead. So the name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is something that God has given us to use. But I'm telling you, he's given us the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I guarantee you, if you receive that gift, it is a gift, but it is a command from your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You will walk in a power unavailable to those that are just born again. Now, when they tell you, well, I have the Holy Ghost, they're right. They have the Spirit of God. If they're born again, they have the Spirit of God. After they've been saved, the same Spirit that abides in you abides in them. But have you in, been endued with power since you believed? That's what, that's what Paul asked them in Acts chapter 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost? We haven't even heard there, there is a Holy Ghost. Listen, it is my understanding from my prayer and my intercession that this thing is going to begin this move of God is going to begin with a massive outpouring of the Holy Ghost, people being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues in mass. We saw it Wednesday night down in Mexico. I've seen it in Ireland. I've seen it in other places. When God begins to move, people get, they just start getting filled with the Holy Ghost right and left, right and left, right and left. You say, why? Because God wants His church to be powerful upon the earth. 
And so we'll talk about all the different attributes and the things that come. But listen, just the reality of a fallen race that was rescued by its God and the way it rescued the fallen race was not to do a restoration, but a redemption, a complete buying back of that race and then to ensure that race never falls again. You put your own spirit in them and you put your own spirit upon them. That's what God has done through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. God wants you more spiritual than you are right now. Not super spiritual. I've met super spiritual people. I've thought, oh my God. I had a guy one time. He couldn't shake my hand. He had his hand in his coat like this. And I went and preached at his church and I reached out my, my right hand to shake his hand. He had his hand. To, he said, that's where the anointing is. I thought, lay it on your head, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> lay it on your head buddy because you're going to need it and he did need it because he got up and gave out the book 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988 and he didn't come in 88 and it didn't help that church at all amen but the power of God in your life can go from just a thing of faith thank God for faith we live by faith and just to live by faith to a knowledge or a knowing that you have a power in you and a power up on you and no matter what situation you're in, that's where that standby is. I mean, I walk, every airplane I walk on, I put, my, I put my hand on that fuselage of that airplane when we walk in and I listen for my helper. You say, what do you listen for? If he says, don't get on it, I'm not getting on it. But he's told me to get on every one of them. Amen? But I still do it. Waiting for my other times. I wait for my, got people call, ask us to pray. We, we, we pray. We, we wait for our helper. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but help somebody. In your job, at your business, in your marriage, in every area, not only do you have an abiding spirit, well, God can deposit wisdom and understanding, but you've got an empowering spirit and where you can say no to the devil. In the name of Jesus, you can pray. You can exercise authority on a level that those that do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost cannot operate on. It's literally the equipping of God. The equipping of God for not just survival but to, listen, this is the true purpose of the Spirit of God, to demonstrate the defeat of Satan that took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead and destroyed death, hell, and the grave, poured his blood upon the mercy seat and made that Spirit available to live in us and empower us. Let me say this. We're a whole lot more than what we think we are. We're a whole lot more than what we think we are. Please, let's don't wait till we get to heaven to find that out. You say, why? This world desperately needs us. And it may be, listen, it may be hard for you to restore some things in your life or be delivered from some things in your life or to change some mindsets in your life, to maybe heal in your business or to heal at your job or maybe to find another job because your job so, you know, just treats you like terrible. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you don't have to be a fool and work in something in which you're abused. Now, whoever that's for, you need to hear that. Amen. God's got something better for you. He's got something better for you. You don't need, need to be abused. But in the midst of all of that, God knows what's coming upon this earth and he knows there's only one group of people that will really survive it. And that's the group of people that he will take off of the earth because their survival is based in their authority that he has left upon this earth that belongs to us. And I tell you, we're going to begin to get revelations from God that's going to really shake us. One of them, I believe the Lord has already shown me, that he does a whole lot less on this earth than we think he does. You say, what do you mean by that? Because we're the ones with the authority. We're the ones with the power. We're always asking him to do something. He's always pointing back to us and saying, why don't you just obey the word? Why don't you just obey the word? The word will work, the word will work, and the spirit will work together with the word. Because of that, nothing's impossible with you. That's what, I, that's what God did when he, when, he, when he impregnated Mary with the word. He did what? He brought the word and the spirit, the word and the spirit, the word and the spirit. He started out with the word, and the word wasn't getting there, so he included the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost put her in a position in which she said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And immediately Jesus was conceived in her by the word. 
and by the Spirit. Amen. Lift your hands and rejoice. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you so much for your Spirit that abides through the new birth. Oh, we're so thankful. Thank you that you saved us, Lord. Thank you that we're born again. Teach us, show us how to draw with joy from the wells of salvation. And for that great empowerment, Lord, how can we thank you? How can we rejoice? I mean, eternity will afford us a platform to thank you for the supernatural endowment of power which comes on us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Father, all of us that are here, that are filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, that abiding Spirit, that empowering Spirit, I ask on our behalf as the pastor of Island Church, the under-shepherd to the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask that you turn up the level of empowerment in this church. Let faith take hold. Let gifts begin to operate and come online. Gifts of the Holy Ghost. Lord, in the ministry, on the staff, in the laity, Lord God, and all of us in the church here that are ministering and doing that which God has called us to do. Let a great empowerment come like never before where we're operating supernaturally and not naturally. Father, for those that do not have, have not experienced this glorious experience that leads to a glorious lifestyle. Prepare their hearts as we teach line upon line, precept upon precept, as we bring to conclusion this wonderful doctrine of baptisms. Let the Spirit of God be poured out upon them. Let them be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let them hear themselves speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. We're not going to pray for anybody to be baptized in the Holy Ghost today. We're going to wait. We're going to teach a little bit. Then we're, going to, then we're going to release that anointing that comes with the teaching of the Word. But if you're in here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. What that means is you're not obeying the Spirit that's on the inside of you. The one that urges you that gets you out of old lifestyles, out of old mindsets, out of old habits. You're just not paying any attention to it. You're just kind of going through life thinking that you can make your way through life on your own. You can't. Now let me say this real quick. This may make someone mad, but I'll tell you, you know, you can get mad and happy in the same shoes. You're living a particular life and lifestyle. You get saved and you get born again. Maybe you've come to a church like this one or maybe you came to a church like this one in the past where the pastor or ministers taught that you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to be saved, you need to obey God. But that's just not, that's just not just, just something you don't, well, I, I, I'm busy. I got other things to do. I got a job, got a wife, got a family, got children. I got a husband, got all this. The problem you don't understand is this. Once you got saved, you're given great grace from heaven, but you're marked on this earth by an adversary. He sees that light in your spirit. And if you think you're going to live your life out the way you want to after you've been born again, you're mistaken. That devil is going to beat your brains out. He's going to try to beat every bit of life out of you. You can't be saved your way. Let me say that again. You can't be saved or be being saved your way. You've got to believe in your heart. You've got to confess with your mouth. Then you've got to grow and obey and grow and obey and pray and obey and grow and obey. This will equip you to be a mighty man or woman of God. And when the enemy tries to destroy your life, you'll be ready to take and demonstrate his defeat right there in your life. But you're going to have to figure out you can't serve God your way. You're going to have to serve God his way. His way. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I've gotten into some stuff in life. I'm saved, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just cold and indifferent. I, I want to be right with God. Or if you're here, you say, Pastor, I've never, I've never been baptized into the body of Christ. Maybe you were sprinkled as a child in one particular church or this or that happened, but you've never really made a public profession of faith. You say, why did you use the word public? Because Jesus said, declare me publicly and I'll declare you before the Father. But if you deny me, I will reject you. It takes a public declaration. You say, why public? Because he died publicly. 
He died in the open. He was stripped down to a bare naked body, beaten and bruised beyond recognition. Then he rose from the dead so you could be saved. But it's an invitation. Every time you hear the gospel, God is inviting you. Come and join my family. Get rid of the death out of your life. Receive my life. Get rid of the darkness. Receive my life. So if you're here today, say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I've never been born again. I want to be. I want to be right with God. Lift your hand up high. Let me see it real quick. Anyone at all? Praise God. One hand. God bless you. Another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else who say, that's me, Pastor. I I I need to be right with God. Anyone else? Real quick. Real quick. Well, praise God. Two people raised their hands. So I want everybody to stand. Everybody stand. We had two two precious people raise their hands. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer out loud. Let me say it like this. We're going to pray a prayer publicly. Everybody say publicly. We're going to pray it out loud. Now you, two of you that raised your hands, I want you to make sure you pray this prayer out loud so your own ears can hear it. Amen? And then the church, everybody here, they're going to pray the same prayer with you to help you and encourage you to pray the prayer. Now, after you pray the prayer, after we dismiss the service, I want you to go to somebody and tell them, I prayed that prayer. If they're a perfect stranger or someone you know, just look at them and say, I prayed that prayer. That's your public confession of what you believed in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Ready to help them, church? Everybody, out loud, Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. He was virgin born, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, poured his blood on the mercy seat, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, where I've broken fellowship, where my life has gotten out of balance, where I've tried to do it my way, I ask your forgiveness knowing that the blood of Jesus has already cleansed me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. As I stand in Island Church, the last Sunday of February, 2022, I am right with God. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my Lord. Devil, look at me. I don't belong to you. Jesus, look at me. I'm yours and yours alone. Help me. Strengthen me. Comfort me. Teach me. Be my advocate. Be my helper. Be my intercessor. Spirit of God, live strong in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now shout and rejoice with them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God, praise God. Well, amen. Ready for a great week of victory? Rejoicing and blessing. Hallelujah. Don't forget Wednesday night. Praise God. We have a wonderful service here on Wednesday night. Prayer begins at 6.30. Church at 7.30. We invite everyone to come pray with us, everyone that can. We pray also on Thursday nights, which is pastoral prayer. We're going to use that pastoral prayer. We're going to believe God. We're going to get some people come from a long way. They're going to come here and get in that pastoral prayer. We're going to go back in those towns and start churches. Amen. That's going to be awesome. We're going to do it in Jesus' name. It's already happening. You'll see. Praise God. God is a good God. Let's pray. Be dismissed, Father. Now I pray over the entire congregation. Your safety for this week. We declare Psalms 91. Now, Lord, we know there are some that are not here. So we include everyone that names the name of the Lord Jesus here at Island Church. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels of God have charge over us. So we declare in all of our travels, highways, airways, seaways, railways, everywhere we go, we are the protected and blessed of God. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, we've got contractors, people that work in the medical field, doctors and nurses. We've got educators and students. We've got every bit, all that society we have here, working, out in public. We declare that there is a hedge of protection around God's people. Not only against the riotous behavior of the world system, their criminal mindset, 
but also against the epidemics and pandemics unique to not only the season, but unique to that which is going on in the last days. We stand in faith on the front end, declaring our healing, our health, and our deliverance. Thanking you, Lord, that you are our protection. You are our safety. Lord, we thank you that we are an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in people's lives. So ignite the spirit of evangelism in us. Let us be soul winners. Let the witness of Christ be in our mouth everywhere we go and everything that we do. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.